What is up everyone and welcome to the newest episode of Becoming Zion. I'm Zion, pronouns he and him, and today we actually have a special guest. Today I'll be having my friend Micah on, but online he is known as Realistically Free. I'll let him introduce himself once he gets here, but I just wanted to do a little intro, say what's up to you guys, since it's a little different format than usual. Usually I don't have guests on here, I definitely want to change that, that's why today is the start of something new. I hope to have more guests in the future, but I hope you enjoyed today's episode with today's first guest on Becoming Zion. Welcome back to Becoming Zion. Today we're going to be talking about internalized transphobia with Micah, or realistically free, but I'm going to let him introduce himself to you all. What's up beautiful people, it's your boy Micah, and I go by realistically free on YouTube, Instagram, all that good and fun stuff. I basically just mentor uh, transmasculine individuals and share my insight on the mental aspects of transition as well as like physical stuff and just different things within the world so that's what i do basically all right yeah so we're gonna be talking about internalized transphobia today and micah has the great a great background to address this situation as we've literally have seen examples of it within our own community um and we want to address it and talk about it today so we're gonna hop into it um first off we're gonna kind of define what it means to us um personally uh, I can start off so I can give Micah a second to think about it. But for me, internalized transphobia is literally like self-hate. It can be applied to so many things, um, like as far as inter- internalized phobias. Uh, there's even internalized racism and internalized homophobia within like the queer community. But for us, we're going to be talking about our experience as trans men. So, yeah, internalized transphobia for me, it does mean like a form of self-hate, which can be project- projected to the people around you. Uh, how would you describe internalized transphobia i think that that's kind of difficult for me to come up with a definition for like internalized transphobia because i think that transphobia means so many things to different people depending on who you're talking to they're gonna have like a different definition for what transphobia is and i think i have a lot more of a broader uh look at transphobia And I mean, I guess if we want to look at my personal definition of internalized transphobia, I would say it's very similar to yours, like just self-hate. I would say I would go a step further, though, and say it's like trying so hard to be cis, Mm -hmm. like you completely avoid your transition in a sense of like everything is about passing. Everything is about being as man enough or as woman enough as possible. And that being as closely related to being cis, Mm -hmm. like it's like there's an issue of being just a transgender man. Like you can't just be happy with being a trans man. You want to look as cis as possible. Right. I would say that's internalized transphobia. It's just not even being okay with yourself as a trans man. Like you have to be as close to cis as possible. Right. And very much just ignoring and ignoring your journey uh, at the end of it, like really just acting like you're not trans, you know, our experience uh, is, has a lot to do with the way we show up every day. You know, uh, that's why, you know, our YouTube, YouTube videos, you know, people look for information about being trans because it's not just about, you know, looking a certain way or acting a certain way. It's about, you know, how to be comfortable with yourself and show up every day. And a lot of people, you know, get caught up in these standards that really have nothing to do with us and everything to do with this world that we can't relate to. 
Um, so yeah, definitely this investment in passing as a cisgender person. Like the term passing, I don't really like it. And even Micah has said it as well, just not really liking the term uh, passing because a lot of the times it's just associated with trying to be cis. And that's just something that we are not, you know? And it, we just can't keep denying the fact that we are trans. I think it, yes, it, it's a part of who we are and it, it makes up our identity. You know, it's obviously not all that we are, but it is something that is a very vital part to our identity that kind of makes us who we are. And it's not really something to be ashamed of. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the part you said about, you know, passing is really about trying to be cis. I, I agree with that for sure, because I, you know, as you said, with our YouTube videos and stuff, like my most watched YouTube videos on my channel is about how long does things take to happen on T, you know, um, surgery whether it's bottom surgery, top surgery, like those are my most watched videos when it comes to the physicality of transitioning. Like we're not even looking at, you know, I have videos out there about like, you know, the mental aspect of transition and how do your fan, how does your family take it? How does your family look at you? How do you view yourself? What does it mean to be a man to you? You know, what those things like the real like deep stuff that I have on my channel are like my lowest performing videos on YouTube versus the physicality. Everybody cares about how do I look the most possible as a man, not how do I become the man that I am. Now, how do I, you know, how do I navigate this new body? You know, because in a sense, it is like you're changing, especially when you're taking testosterone, doing surgery, like you're changing parts of your body that, yes, they are not comfortable and they are not congruent with your identity, your gender identity. But it's in a lot of cases, like my case, I was like 21, 22 when I first started transitioning. You know what I mean? So, I had what I had for 22 years, essentially, almost 22 years. Right. So it's almost like having a new body when you start seeing those changes and the body fat redistribution and those are things like no one's talking about that aspect of, you know, how do I navigate the, the mental aspect, the transition or how, you know, recovering from surgery that that can be a mental battle in and of itself, like because your body is healing and your body is, you know, dealing with essentially a trauma, you know what I'm saying? So um, no one really talks about that. It's all about how do I look like this? And if I don't look like this, then I'm not man enough. If I don't, if I don't look as male passing as possible, then I must not be a man, you know? And I, I understand the thought process behind it, but at the same time, I, I, I just think it's an unhealthy thought process because then we, 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 we have this identity formed around what we look like and versus who we are. You know right. I mean? And it's really not all about the physical and the outside and, and these ideas of, you know, trying to be a man and all this stuff is very much just taking away from the fact of what being trans is in the first place. It's not trying to be something. It's mm -hmm. it's we're already, you know, we already what we, we are already what we are. It's a matter of, you know, taking and that's that's a part. It's a journey. You know, you can't take a shortcut to become who you are. You have to allow yourself to settle into your body as as the person that you are and right. taking shortcuts shortcuts is not going to work for you because you know cis people are you know they're born in the body that they are comfortable with us on the other hand it's going to take certain steps for us to really step into ourselves and by trying to you know relate to someone who whose experience is nothing like yours is just really going to end up 
disappointing you. And I think that's when that transphobia becomes very um, violent towards your own people and like really judging people on, you know, how they transition and, and looking down on certain methods. Oh, for sure, man. I'm glad you brought that up because when we're talking about like, the physical aspect, the transition, and this whole term passing. It's like people think that as I take these steps, right, whether that's testosterone, top surgery, bottom, bottom surgery, as I take these steps, I will be done transitioning and I'll just be a man now for real as if people who, you know, there are so many trans people out there who don't have access to hormones, whether it's finances, whether it's they're too young, whether it's... um their their health like some people physically cannot take testosterone mm -hmm. like people underestimate uh how powerful of a hormone testosterone is especially when it's being used on an afab body like people really underestimate that uh and even looking at cis men in general because they produce high levels of testosterone there's a lot of scientific research out there to suggest that that's why men live less time than women part of it is because of you know high cholesterol heart disease and testosterone they a lot of doctors and scientists believe that that's because of testosterone if you i don't know if you if you had that experience when you were getting testosterone having to get that that letter that huge like it's like a fucking five page letter that tells you of all the things that are known about to you being used on the AFAB body and all the things that they don't know of what could happen from you taking this hormone and for how long. And there's so many unknown factors. And so there are so many reasons why people cannot physically transition. And yet, like you said, people will look down on that and say, well, they're not really trans. They're not, they're not trans enough because if they really were trans and they really wanted to be a man and they really felt like they were a man, then they would do everything in their possible, in their, in their, within their power to change everything about themselves to be a man. But they, but that person is a man or that person is a woman, regardless of what their physical looks like. And so I think one, it's hypocritical to sit here and say, well, you can't, you know, you have to gender me correctly and you have to do this and you have to do that, you know, to make me feel better. But I'm going to sit there and shit on the next person and say, well, they're not doing this. So they're not good enough either. They're not trans enough either. You know, I've seen videos, you know, I'm not big on TikTok, but I've like seen a couple videos that I guess people have shared on TikTok. They get like reshared on Instagram and shit. I seen this one video, there was a trans man who was literally like showing his chest, like didn't have top surgery, you know, was comfortable with himself, everything like that. And there were so many comments from other trans men and like dogging this guy, like, you're not really trans. You don't really need top surgery because if you really felt badly about yourself, you wouldn't be putting your, like if you really needed top surgery, you wouldn't be putting your chest prior to top surgery on the internet. So clearly you're not really trans because you, you don't feel pain and suffering around your body like but that's not what being trans is it's about that incongruency you know being you know wanting to be congruent within your body and wanting to be, feel present in your body and wanting that alignment of soul mind and the physical you know and that has you know or if you if you want it to be the physical right so right. if this person says i'm tr i'm a trans man or i'm a man and I love my body and I don't have the desire to change it at this point or I, you know, I'm not, I can't change it at this point. So I'm going to embrace the body that I have until I get to the point where I can change it. Who are we to tell that person you're not good enough? Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. And that, and also projecting your standards on other people, like, 
I think it's just a negative thing to create expectation for yourself. You know, that's just something, you know, it's going to be hard to live up to these very high standards that you have that are based on cisgender people, but also projecting that to your community is just so damaging. You know, you don't, you know, a lot of, t- a lot of the times it's nice to talk to other trans people because they can relate to your perspective. But, you know, if you're being looked down upon by somebody that you feel has the same experience as you, that's very damaging, you know, and, and it's, it's tough. It's very tough tough because it's just like I've seen people like you're saying on TikTok just bashing other people I've seen other trans guys like make videos about things that help them alleviate their dysphoria but be like um yeah you know this this you know pack so for example it was a guy talking about um he was talking about a packer and he was talking about uh, pack and play and how it's helped his dysphoria a lot he's like yeah you know this is what this is I actually have like uh, something that actually looks like a real dick you know I don't have a purple dildo or whatever you know in my draw and stuff like that and it's just like and he's like, oh yeah, I didn't waste money on bottom dis on bottom uh, surgery for a penis that doesn't work. And it's like this, like shaming other people for the methods that make them feel comfortable or may be available to them, is such a fucked up thing to do because it's just like the, this is where this person is in their life. Every that's the thing. The journey of being trans is is so is a very personal and introspective experience. For you to compare your experience and make it seem like it's better or it works better, you know, for someone else, it, it doesn't fit. It's not going to always fit. You know, we all have our own experience. We all have our your own access. Some people are can't even be out, you know, so maybe they have to buy something from a sex shop instead of buying it from a, a, tra- a brand that is specialized for trans people. Like there's all types of reasons why people don't have access to certain things and to shame them into feeling like, you know, that isn't the right way to be trans or that isn't the right way to um, pass and all this stuff. It, it's very damaging to a person. Let's, I want to go back to what you said because you said something that was really interesting there about this particular person who said, well, I bought a real looking or a real penis and not a purple penis. Okay, so let me go back and say, okay, well, that's not a real fucking dick. Right. It don't matter. It don't matter if it looks like a dick. It's not real, right? Well, you're going to sit there and talk about uh, trans men who have the ability to to have bottom surgery and for you to say, oh, I, well, I'm not going to waste money on bottom surgery for something that looks real. At least it's attached to their body because that's not attached to you. So you see that that same narrative could be turned right back around on you and make you feel like shit for something that makes you feel good about yourself. So the thing is, and let's let's talk about that, because I think the reality is when people say shit like that is because you're fucking insecure, you're insecure and you feel better about putting other people down because you think your way is right. Right. Because it's right for you. It's yeah, right for you. Exactly. This man is right, right for, for everybody. everybody. Exactly. Because, because for me, like, I don't, I, t- I typically stay away from prosthetics at this point in my transition because they actually cause me dysphoria. For me, it's like, I recognize, like, it's not attached to me. So when I'm using it or whatever, like, it, it can feel good in that moment of like, oh, like, I can, you know, if I'm wearing boxers or something and, I, you know, you can't see the harness and everything. And I'm like, yeah, like, and I have a prosthetic that matches my skin tone and all those things and looks realistic. And I'm like, oh, I, there's a moment where I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Like mentally, I could be like, yeah, that's my dick. But then once I recognize, like, it's like I can I'm very aware of the fact that it's sitting up against me. It's not a part of me. It's not attached to me. And that creates dysphoria that otherwise might not have been there. So you know as that's just to go to show that like it's different strokes for different folks like what works for some people don't work for other people for different reasons and it's really nobody's fucking business how it works for you or why it works for you and that whole narrative of like oh i don't want to waste money on bottom surgery because it doesn't even work that just shows you're misinformed because there has been a lot of 
you know, progression within bottom surgery. There's been a lot of information that's gone out there. Yeah, it may not air quotes work to your standards or what you think it's supposed to look like, but let's be real. No cisgender man's penis looks the same. Like dead ass pull up two different penises from two different cis men, they look, they, they may look completely different. You know, the head may look different, the shaft may look different, the balls look different. Like, it doesn't look the same from person to person. The size is different, the coloring is different. The, some some guys you can see more veins and other guys you can't. Like, every penis looks different from cis man to cis man and it's the same for trans men. Every penis looks different. So to say to somebody doesn't look correct or it doesn't work correctly, you you obviously haven't even done your research on what it does and again if that's not your journey that's fine but why do you have to knock somebody else down for what they want to do and with their life and their body that's insecure shit that's that's first off it's childish it's immature and it's insecure yeah and that's the thing like i think that what you were saying before about um just how you describe dysphoria as like a a pretty much like a compilation of your insecurities like all of our insecurities look different based on the experience that we live and how we see ourselves and all that kind of stuff. So like different, like you say, different strokes for different folks It's going to different things are going to help us alleviate this dysphoria. And I think a part of the, the journey is, you know, and that's the thing, you don't have to have dysphoria to be trans. Um, I think that is another like misconception. Yeah, for sure. Like a really big misconception that you have to be suffering. You have to hate your yourself. You know, you have to feel like I need to change my entire identity kind of thing like it's not it's not at all like that and I think that these expectations and shit really create this this perspective and this idea that you know trans people don't don't want to be themselves they want to be cis you know and it's really not about that you know or being something that they're not that's exactly. always that's always the, the yeah that's so you're being something that you're not or you're on a bandwagon or you're right. you're you're following what other people do like bro what are you talking about <laughs> like i remember what i don't know if uh if, if you remember this i can't remember the, the person's name and i don't like to put names out anyway on yeah. people because i don't you know i feel like then there's gonna be that one guy that's like you're caught chasing like no i'm just using it as an example but that's neither here nor there anyway there was this one person who was like saying like oh you know you're uh uh if you if you don't have dysphoria you're not trans enough you know what is that you know how how like you're basically just trying to it's you're you're uh following the trends you know what i mean because since now that transgender is is starting to get more recognition more you know more visibility and things like that they were going on this whole tangent about how like you're just you're just trying to be like a part of the trend or you know if you don't have dysphoria then like it's not even real because you know there are so many people who have it like first off like i don't believe that you need dysphoria to be trans i think that it really comes down to do you feel an incongruency do you feel that your body your soul and your mind are not aligned in the way or do you see yourself in a different way than what you physically are whether or even in your mind do you see yourself differently then you're probably trans because there are plenty of people who aren't transgender that have gender dysphoria. There are cis men who have gynecomastia, which is like breast tissue. Okay. And they don't like the way they look and they want to have surgery to remove the breast tissue so that their chest is flat. You wouldn't say that they're trans and they want to be a man. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. They already are a man, but they still have, gender dysphoria because the dis- the discomfort that they're feeling or distress that they're feeling is around their their gender right. 
You follow what I'm saying? Like my wife, I've, I've talked about that before. My wife is a cis woman. She identifies as a woman. She knows that she, that's how she feels. That's who she is. And that's what she, um, you know, identifies as. She doesn't like her breasts. She always saying like, I either want like a, a, a breast reduction or, you know, I want to do something to like, you know, change them. Okay, that's gender dysphoria because she'll sit there and say like, my breasts don't look like other women's breasts. I feel like my my breasts should look like this, da, 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 da. But that's around your gender because you may, you feel that by having certain breasts will make you more feminine or make you more, more acceptable within your gender. That's gender dysphoria. You're not a trans man just because you, you have that dysphoria. So that's, that's ridiculous for people to put that expectation of you have to have dysphoria to be transgender. That's not how it works. I really like that you brought that up because I, I didn't really consider that perspective either. Um, that cis people also experience dysphoria um, in that way. So, yeah, definitely a point to be made because um, I think that we get caught up in trans people being a monolith. And I think that's with a lot of things in life. Yeah. Like everybody thinks that that everything is one way. I know we're specifically talking about um, the trans experience, but that's with, with anybody. Um, there's always that there's this one idea of something and, and that's all it could be. Like, for example, like black people or any person of color or anything like that, any race, you know, there are stereotypes mm -hmm. and there are ideas that people think that you have to uphold as a person that upholds a certain identity. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, could you, could you relate to that in any sense? Like, as feeling like you have to uphold this kind of standard. Uh, oh my God, just all to be, the time. Yeah. All the time. Like, uh, specifically like me being Puerto Rican, right? Like, I can be, you know, especially when I worked in sales or just like with the public in, in any capacity, I have come across so many other Puerto Ricans and even like just in random life, like walking through the store, you know, a little Puerto Rican woman or a Puerto Rican man might walk up to me and start speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish. And they're like, but you're Puerto Rican. And they'll ask me in Spanish, like, you're Puerto Rican, right? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So why don't you speak Spanish? Like, that's a really big thing in the community for Puerto Ricans. It's like, you're going to say you're Puerto Rican, then you must speak Spanish to be Puerto Rican enough. Otherwise, they'll look at you and they'll say, you know, like, I've had them literally tell me, like, you're a fucking gringo. Like, you're a white, you're a white guy then. Or you're a black guy. You know, they've tell me, like, I'm either a black guy or I'm a, or I'm a white guy depending on, you know, what year, time of year it is, how dark I am, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but like, there's that standard, even within the, in the culture that I have to speak Spanish in order to be Spanish enough. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, uh, they, like people have seen me and like, I have light colored eyes. They just assume that I must be white. Like that's a trait that's only for white people and not for, for people of color, mm -hmm. you know? So there's always this standard of, you know, how I'm supposed to act as a Puerto Rican man in order to fit in. And the biggest thing is being able to speak Spanish. And it's like, you know, I get kind of pissed off about that. Cause I'm like, bro, like, first off, that's not even, that wasn't even our, our, our like native language. Like the white man literally came and gave us Spanish. Like when the Spaniards came and invaded, they gave us Spanish. They taught us Spanish. When the U S took over Puerto Rico, as it made it a territory, they gave you English. These are not your native tongues. You know, we don't even, we can't even speak our native tongue anymore because it's been lost to us for hundreds of years. So don't tell me that I have to speak this language in order to be 
that enough because my DNA, my blood, my genetics tell me that's what I am. So that's what I am. I'm a person of color, regardless of what language I speak. So don't tell me about my experience. And that's the same way I look at it with, as being a transgender man, whether I have a penis or not, whether I can grow you know, testicles or not, whether I can have a lot of testosterone or not, whether I have a lot of facial hair or not, whether my voice is deep or not, is irrelevant. This is who I am. This is what I'm, this is what I am. This is who I am. And there's nothing that you can tell me that's going to tell me otherwise. And I think that's the, that's such a hard thing within our community is like, because of this bullying, this, this, like this bully and it's box, like everybody wants to be put in a box. You know what I mean? Like all these labels of like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a black trans man, you know, you're, um, you're a white trans man. You're, uh, you're, 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 you're in this box. Are you, are you gay? Are you lesbian? Like, and you have to fit in that box. And if you step outside of that box, it's like, well, then you're not that. But the thing is like, as human beings, we're multifaceted. We're not just one thing. And we can't, and we can be all of those things at once. And it's still true. So why are you trying to fit people in a box and say, you have to be this way? That's not life. That's not how anything, that's not how any of this works. At all. Especially <laughs> the trans experience. I, I've noticed that, you know, people try to, cisgender people and trans people very much try to itemize just being trans as if, you know, you get this surgery, you take these hormones and you're trans. But it's just not that's at all like that. Yeah, like they try to make it like a checklist. Oh, have you had this? And I think, and, and when those questions come up from like people outside of the community where it's like, oh, have you had this surgery? Yeah, have you had this? It's like, it's not a milestone thing you know it's about you know progressively becoming more comfortable and sometimes those tools are a part of that journey but a lot of the times there may be there's trans people who have no surgeries no hormones and they still consider themselves trans because you know think about even non-binary people you know non-binary people do not owe anybody any type of presentation or identity or change in in how they are to exist as non-binary people and, and that goes for any type of trans person because you don't have to have any of these surgeries if you feel like yourself it's a it's it's almost just like being trans is not about the itemized thing it's about that recognition of okay this is the body i was born in and and here i am in my mind i know who i am and it may not align um and the choice comes when you choose to try to align these things with surgery or hormones or things like that but that is not something that is necessary to the journey you know you don't have to do that in order to be trans enough whatever that thing can you blame cis people for asking those types of questions when we the trans people make that a, a standard right. yeah definitely not i think that we not that we you know i don't say i don't want to say we bring it upon ourselves but in a way we do you know by by creating these standards for each other and and making it seem like this is something that we have to do to be trans and then cis people see that and they go okay well i get it you you do all of these things to become who you are but that's that's just not the case but you know society sees it that way because that's the kind of stuff that we put on the front lines when people think about trans people they think about the surgeries they think about hormones and stuff like that but they instead of thinking of all of the other aspects for example like honestly the physical transition is a very minor part of being trans like the social aspect is one of the biggest parts like existing in the world and interacting in the world and, and going from 
for I'm gonna speak for the trans male experience of going from one gender to another like that culture shock um that's one of the biggest things that I've experienced so far not the physical you know the physical is just an additive when I do you know engage in these different physical things to to transition uh on a visual aspect but when it comes to social that's affected me way more than anything that's affected my mental more than anything uh just you know misgendering and and going from one pronoun to another and within my like support system you know that's one thing of going having people you know get used to using different pronouns for you like that that is a bigger aspect than the physical and I think we get so caught up in in what we look like and in you know trying to look cis and it's like that's just not the point you're missing the entire point you you really your physical frame you know you're literally a spiritual being having a human experience so a part of your human experience is yes transitioning but you know your soul it's about bringing that inside to the outside i think that's what um the tr- the trans journey is about at least for me you know is bringing my my inside identity on the outside so that you know not that people understand it but so that i it's easier for me to operate in the world but yeah people get caught up in this itemized sense of thinking that you know it's all about the surgery it's all about you know presentation and it's not always about that the reality is like it's a performance to a certain degree our gender is a performance um yeah you know for me i would say that transition has been more about alignment more than it's been about physical presentation um coming to the coming to like the realization of even being trans was like a huge thing for me because like for so long i didn't have the language i didn't know what the fuck i was feeling i just thought i was crazy you know, because the world tells you you're fucking crazy, you know, um, and you had all these societal expectations. I mean, before I started transitioning and presenting in the world as a woman, you know, even just being a woman, there was like, you're a lesbian because I was very masculine woman. So people just assumed I was a lesbian because I, it, because if you're a masculine woman, you must be a lesbian, which is just couldn't be further from the truth. Right. So it was like coming to that realization of like, holy fuck, like I'm not a woman. And that's why I feel the way that I do. And that was like a huge milestone for me. So I think that, you know, and once I came to that realization that already, I feel like brought me a step closer to that alignment within myself and recognizing the ways that I felt about myself, you know, a big part of it was because of me being trans, you know? And then when I started taking hormones, that was another step to that alignment. It's like, I wanted to be able to see the person that I saw in my mind in the mirror. So I understand the need for the physicality. I understand why people become obsessed with the physicality because they want to see their inside become outside and that's totally valid and it's fine. But I think that when we when we start pushing that narrative on other people is when it becomes a problem. And especially when it becomes, you know, when we're talking, at least when I'm talking about the whole passing and being a cisgender person, like I have heard people say, I don't want my voice to sound like I'm trans. Like as if that there's a specific voice for trans men. I've heard that. Like, I don't want my, I don't want people to know that I'm trans by my voice. Or I don't want to, like, they have literally called it, like, trans voice. I've seen this online oh called trans voice. And it's, apparently, it's, like, a certain pitch that, that you will have. Okay. I've seen people say, I don't want to look like I'm trans. I don't want to look like I'm in the middle. Or I don't want to look like I'm still a girl. And I don't want people to know that I'm trans. I don't want them to be able to see that I'm trans. And I'm like, what is the big deal with somebody? If Even if that was a thing, if that was a legitimate thing that you could air quotes tell 
who's trans and who's not. And, and, and you know, there is some truth to that. We can't completely deny that there's not some truth to being like, eh, I think you're a trans person by looking at someone. Um, especially in the beginning of transition, sometimes you can see like, okay, I can definitely tell they're trying to transition from one gender to another. In some very yeah. rare instances. And I feel like a lot of the times we can we can see it a little more because like we can recognize our own kin yeah yeah like kind of like when you were when like a gay person some a lot of times they say like you know the gaydar yeah. you know like kind of yeah. like that we got yeah. trans we got the trans radar, radar. <laughs> yeah for sure like i feel like you know and it's not even trying to clock anybody or anything like that and i and i find myself i try to catch myself like oh, all right stop trying to clock people but it's it's almost like trying to find like like you know that spider-man meme where it's like the guy they're pointing at each oh, other yeah. it's like you know <laughs> oh, he's trying to, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i know like we're cool we're there we're there we're in the same we're in a little exactly. tribe it's finding your tribe that's what exactly it is. definitely finding your tribe and wanting to relate on that aspect but definitely not in a place where i'm like okay this person is not like I've, I've heard that as well like you know people making an effort to quote-unquote pass and people being like oh you're not you're not even putting an effort in to try to look like who you want to be kind of thing and i and i just kind of hate that that's for, that's ridiculous that's like what what do you mean what do you mean i'm not putting an effort to be right. who i want to be or who i am you know that's it that's where i said that i will say is transphobic because you're trying to not be trans and then you want to say that there's a specific type of trans person and you know that you know this is how you can tell somebody is trans and you know ill i don't want to be like that that's being transphobic you know and just trying so hard to like be something that's when i would say you are trying to be something you're not because at the reality the thing is there's one thing is being a man and you know passing air quotes passing in the world as male or being seen let me say it that way i like that better being seen in the world as a man is one thing but saying i i need to not be a trans person that's a whole nother thing that's being transphobic like as if there's something wrong with you being trans that is where my where i have an issue with it that's why i don't like the term passing because when people are specifically saying passing, they're not saying I want to look as much as a man as possible in my view of what being a man should look like or or what I should look like as a man. They're literally saying, how do I pass in the world that someone could not tell that I am a trans man? Right. That That's what people are typically saying when they want to talk about passing. passing. And, and yeah, honestly, there's not really that is what it is like as far as the word passing goes it's it's trying to pass as a cis person it's not trying like it's just this idea of like trying to meet this standard of what the world sees as a man um or what the world sees as a woman whatever you're trying to be and i I just think it's such an odd thing to say like i think when trans people are talking to each other about you know I think sometimes it comes down to a safety thing, and I understand that. And I think being stealth and stuff like that is a whole nother topic in itself. Um, Would you say that being stealth is internalized transphobia? I'm just curious. No. What your what your thoughts are on it now? I really don't think it is because I think some people are stealth for their own safety. Um, some people live in areas where violence against trans people is something that's very prominent, and for safety reasons, some people need to be stealth. But I, I would say. So, so what would you say is being stealth though? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like so defining, stealth. yeah, defining being so for being stealth to me is not is not someone asking you if you're trans and you saying no. It's just maybe not bringing it up. 
I don't know. Like, see, it's kind of like a, a gray area for me because I think in certain situations, like, for example, you're dating someone and you are going to be intimate with them and that's something you intend on doing. I feel like you should let them know. I think in that, and I don't know, I feel like someone could still be stealth if they disclose to their partner, but don't operate in like different social settings as a trans person, but they, I get, see, I don't know. Like it's, okay. I'm going to, how would you define it? Me being stealth is not being out there. And what I mean by out there is like, like for a long time I lived as being stealth. And what I mean by stealth is I wasn't in trans spaces, right? Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a fucking trans flag hanging in the front of my house, you know, like, you know, some people put like the rainbow flags on their, you know, on their, in the front porch or something like that. Like I didn't have a fucking trans flag just in my front porch. You know, I wouldn't, I would never back then I would never have like worn a shirt that had a trans flag on it. You know, like I would, I'm not necessarily going to like lie about it. Like if somebody, if it was somebody who was an intimate partner who asked me, are you a trans man? Yes, I am. You know what I mean? Or if I wasn't married and I was looking to date someone and, you know, was looking to be intimate with them, especially like sexually, um, I would be upfront about it. Like, yeah, I'm just so you know, like I'm a trans man. And just in case, because people have their preferences, people have their, you know, they have in their mind what they want in a partner. And I want to make sure that I'm being upfront with it because I don't want to get murdered. I'm just being honest, not saying that. And, and people say that when I say that people think I'm being fucked up and like, as if I'm advocating for that and I'm not, I'm advocating against it. Yeah. The reality is people are fucking crazy yeah. and I don't want to give them a reason or, or not. A, I don't want to give them a reason because that sounds like I'm victim blaming, but I mean it more in a sense of like, I want to minimize my risk as much as possible. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So for me, being stealth is minimizing my risk as much as possible to potentially out myself to someone who may not be comfortable with it or even be in the circle of someone who may not be comfortable with transgender people. So like when I first started transitioning, you know, once I got to a place where my voice was deep or deep enough, in my opinion, and I, you know, in my opinion, looked as masculine as I could, you know, to the outside world. And my name was changed and I went to a new job. I didn't go tell that job. This is my old name. And this is what I used to be. And I used to be a girl or I, you know, I'm a trans man. No, I'm not going to tell you that one, because I, I feel like it's irrelevant to what I'm here to do. And two, because I understand that there are not a lot of laws and protections to protect me from losing my job because I'm trans. Right. Yeah, I mean, there is like, they'll say, yeah, like they can't discriminate you against you for, you know, the basis of gender identity, sexual orientation, all that shit. But let's be real. Like what's in your mind is in your mind. And you don't have to say that, especially like I live in Pennsylvania. It's an at will state. They can fire you for any reason. They don't have to give you a reason. So if I say something about me being trans and that person, like my supervisor, whoever's in charge that can fire me, doesn't like it. And they want to fucking fire me. Well, now I just got fired because you know that I'm trans. You get what I'm saying? So like to me, being stealth was necessarily like not necessarily like going out in the world. Like, yeah, I'm a trans man and hanging around like, you know, trans spaces and, you know, going around and telling people like, there was, I didn't feel like it was necessary because at the end of the day, like I'm just a human being having a human experience. And I came to like, if I'm here to just hang out with you and get to know you, like, what the fuck does that, what does that matter? Right. Now, if I feel comfortable with that person and I'm starting to, you know, get like a relationship with that person, even if it's platonic, like not necessarily romantic, then, you know, if I feel comfortable with that person, then I would tell them, Hey, like I'm a trans man, you know, whatever, like, what do you, or I'd ask them like, what do you feel about, how do you feel about trans people and hear their honest opinions about it? And based off of that would let me know if I should tell that person or not, right. you know? So I feel like stealth is 
not necessarily hiding that you're trans and like being ashamed of being trans, but just being a little bit more cautious in how you interact with people and what you say about trans experiences or trans people or you being trans because I want to know how that person's going to act when they don't know because that's going to that's going to be their real you know what I mean like that's going to be how they really feel exactly. about it. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I see stuff is kind of like air quotes under the radar like even before I started like medically transitioning and I had my my old name and my documents weren't changed and I said I didn't tell people oh I'm trans and I'm on testosterone and stuff. It's none of your fucking business. Now you know, obviously that became, as I started to, you know, physically start to change, that started becoming an issue, you know, within my employments and stuff like that. So I had to just kind of be like, you know what, fuck it. Like, cause I had people threaten me. Like literally I had people go to my job and be like, I'm going to fucking come back here with a gun and I'm going to fucking shoot you. And we had to literally like call the police and have that person escorted out because they threatened to kill me in the fucking store. You know what I mean? So I get the necessity of stealth you know, in certain situations, I personally, and I get a lot of shit for it on my channel, but straight up, I always advocate for like, if you're dating someone and it's going to become an intimate or sexual relationship, you need to be upfront as quick as possible, rip the bandaid off and if see, and do it like in a, in a way that's like, you're very separate from each other. Like you're either like on the like text or phone, like you're nowhere in that person's vicinity. They don't know where you live, that type of thing. Or like if you met someone out in public and you're in a very public space that you're like, there's a lot of people around maybe, or, you know, wait till maybe you're not together. And again, they don't know where you live and they don't like have any like of your information and then tell them straight up. But aside from that, I feel like it's really irrelevant to tell someone you're trans. It's really like, it's because it's, to me, it's not a big deal. It's I'm not all just a trans. I'm just a person. You know what I mean? Like my transition, I feel transition in general is such a personal thing. It's such a personal experience. Like you were saying earlier, like it's so much introspection. It's so it's so intimate. You know, when you're thinking about these things, especially when you start thinking about surgeries and hormones and all, that's such an intimate experience. And I don't I personally I'm not going to sit here and share that with just everyone. Yeah. You know, I understand that because like when you describe it like that, I mean, online, I'm very much advocating for my community and speaking out about my transition. But in person, like I just didn't didn't find a reason to be talking about those things. Like, honestly, like and when it comes to it, like even my even my blood brother, like I don't talk to him about my hormones or anything like that, because it's not something that comes up because it's not really that important Mm -hmm. like it's something that i'm going through and for people like i'm really really close with yes i'll share it with you especially people who who like i talk to about like going through those things and and about the anxiety i might have around starting you know starting my hormones and and all that kind of stuff the surgery like things the people that are in my immediate circle but it's just not something that comes up in conversation but all yeah, the best time. Believe if somebody says some fucked up shit, I'm, I'm checking. Oh yeah, ass. absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. Fucking, I'll check your ass. So do you think like stealth people are the type to like not defend trans people? Like, is that a part of being stealth? Is is not? I mean, some people legitimately think that. Yes, yeah. I think some people legitimately who are stealth are like, oh, I'm not gonna get involved in that because then I'm gonna out myself. But I've been in. Okay, I give you a real quick story. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to talk no, over no, you. Go ahead. Um, so I used to work for this company um, doing like dur- I was delivering durable medical equipment. So it was like in healthcare, and me and my best friend, we literally worked at the same place. My best friend is also a trans man. 
I'm sure you can think of who I'm, who I'm talking about, but we're not going to, we're not going to name names on here. Uh, so, you know, we both worked at the same place. And when I started working there, I was already how I am now. My, my, my documents were changed. You know, my, my voice is the way that it is. Um, at the time I hadn't had top surgery yet, but like my chest was really small. So no one, like, even so, like, because of like, like, I'm not going to lie. There is privilege to air quotes passing. There is, I'm not denying that there is definitely privilege because you don't have what I'm about to talk, what I'm about to share with you. So anyway, I'm, I look the way I look, I sound the way I sound. Uh, the only thing I hadn't had was top surgery, but my chest was so small that people just thought like, put it this way. It looked like I was really, really overweight at some point in my life and lost a lot of weight. That's kind of what my chest looked like, if that makes sense. It looked more, you could tell it was more loose skin. Okay. Is that, if that makes sense. So anyway, working at this place, my best friend on the other hand, when he started that, that job, because he had started the job prior, like, like about maybe almost a year before I started there, he hadn't started medically transitioning yet when he first started that job. Now he was upfront with them Cause I told him, I was like, just be upfront about who you are. Cause like I've done that in certain jobs and been like, look, if this is not like, I'm, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. So anyway, he's upfront with them, tells him, look, I'm a transgender man and I'm going to be going through my transition and stuff like that. So I would really prefer it if you call me X, Y, Z instead of what's on my documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody in the company, because this is a small company, like we're talking literally like 40 employees, 45 max employees. Everybody knew he was trans. Nobody knew I was trans. So I'm, and one day I go to one of the other like uh, remote locations to deliver equipment. And this is like two older men who work at this other location out in New Jersey. So I'm out in New Jersey. He's like, oh, whatever it wants to, he's talking about my friend, whatever it wants to call himself or themselves. Like, like, but he was being real rude and he was talking shit. Like they don't know what, like it doesn't know what it is. Like, you, you know, just making all these fucked up comments. And I was literally at the time, like pulling things off the like truck. I stopped, bro, turned around and looked at him. I was like, what the fuck is your problem? And he was like, oh, what do you mean? I said, no, no, no. What, what are you talking about right now? He's like, oh, you know, but it's true. Like you're fucking this, you're a woman, you're that. Like talking mad shit. I was like, why the fuck do you care what he does or doesn't do? Like I was pissed. Like I was ready to fight this old fuck. I was like, what, what are you worried about the fuck he does or doesn't do? He's like, oh, you know, I'm just joking. I was like, that's not a, f where's the joke? Right. I asked, I, so I asked him again, where's the, what's the joke? I didn't get it. Why don't you repeat it so I can get the joke? He's like, oh, no, 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 that's no thing. I said, first off, he's my friend and like, he's a good person. He's a good guy. And I know what the fuck your problem is. And why are you worried about what he does with his body or doesn't do? He does his job. He does what he's supposed to do. He's never bothered you. What the fuck is your problem? He's like. Oh, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, oh, you can't take a joke. I said, because nothing you said is a joke. I don't understand how anything you said is a fucking joke. You know what I mean? So my point is like, and that wasn't the first time, like I had gotten into it with him and with several other people in that company multiple times. And I put them in their fucking place. Anytime they said anything negative about him, I'm like, do not say that shit in front of me. Or like sometimes just if I would take it a step further, if they say something like, oh, like she this, I'm like, who are you talking about? I'd ask them again. Who are you talking about? Oh, Oh, you gotta cut that out. Oh, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this person, and I'm like, who's why? Why you said she for? Like he's a he's a man. What are you talking about? And they would kind of laugh it off, and I'm like, and I would be, I would kind of like giggle, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm I missed the joke. I'm sorry. Well, what, what, what was the joke? And they look at me like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's the joke? Like, I want I want to laugh. I want to know the joke. 
oh no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, but what are you kidding about? Like, tell me the, and I'll press them about it. Like, I'll press you and keep pressing you. What's the joke? And they, I think that, like eventually I would get serious and they could see it on my face. I'm being serious and I'm like, oh, well, maybe that wasn't a good joke. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. Maybe you should watch what you say because that's unprofessional where we are, where the like, where we are. And I was like, if you have a problem with this person, they say it to his fucking face. Because right. y'all never said no sly shit like that in front of him. And eventually, like, people start, like, kind of, like, would stop talking to me there because I would check them all the fucking time. And that was, like, me, and in my in my opinion, that was me being stealth. Like, because nobody knew, because, like, all my documentation was, was changed, I never told them anything about my transition um, until, like, years later when I had top surgery and I told the, like, the C- CFO. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, you know, he kept that shit, like, on a DL. No one ever knew about it. Right. And... So I guess like when it comes to being stealth, I do think that we have a responsibility, even if you're going to be stealth, you have a responsibility to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And especially when you start checking people and you start doing shit like that, like what's the joke? What's funny? Or why, what makes you, or I would question what makes you say that? What makes you think that? What's your issue? And I would kind of pry, you know, and I feel like it's kind of cool because because I'm accepted in that space, especially when it's like predominantly male, like cis male spaces, and they say certain things, whether it's about trans trans people, women, you know, things like that. And I would question them. I think that there's something really cool about being able to see the wheels turn. Cause like they really, a lot of people really say shit, but they never really like thought about it. Right. They just say it. Yeah, they just say it until you call them out on it. And then they kind of think about it and like, oh, maybe that's not a cool thing to say, or that's right. not... Or maybe, you know, or I would even sometimes take it a step further and educate that person. And they're actually listening to me because of the fact that I fit into that space. So they're listening to what I have to say and take it under consideration versus if it was like someone who maybe didn't air quotes pass Mm -hmm. and was telling them that they would just be like, man, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially because when like a trans person is trying to speak about their experience or why like certain comments are so detrimental it's seen as complaining or seen as being sensitive and stuff like that so I definitely understand like being in those spaces it definitely is an, not an obligation but it's definitely necessary to just protect trans people if you are stealth you know because you are in a place of privilege to be able to do that where some people may not have that like I've been in workplaces um and my roommate uh who is someone who uh is on the trans spectrum it has had to come to my defense because of those things not only because it's just wrong but also because it affects them as well you know it's something that applies to them as well so it's just like it, it it's I I've been like I've had managers uh, misgender me and all types of things say very very negative things about you know about my gender and about me being so confused and all this kind of stuff like that and having people in those spaces where I'm not to be able to come to my defense was you know very it was nice you know it was a pleasure to even hear you know I to hear about the, those things that are happening so like just to hear that when you are in those spaces and you are coming to def- the defense of your friend it i mean that's a given because they're your friend but also because I don't care if it was my friend or yeah not. our friend you're yeah. and that's good because those comments they may seem minuscule to that person but that could be the difference between someone's life being taken or mm-hmm. not because those comments like that when when transphobia is normalized it's very dangerous for trans people to exist in spaces like that because you're you know when people can just joke about you know your life so easily 
that that's something that can easily be taken away from you because they think, oh, you know, we could just joke and, and treat you however. So you're not really that important. Your right. existence isn't that important. So that yeah, that that's how I feel about that. So I think it's important to. I mean, I'm not gonna tell other people what to do or what not to do with their life, but me personally, I I do see it as a privilege to know that I can be in certain spaces and be able to educate people on those differences. Cause a lot of times, like a lot of times it's not transphobia. And I'm, I'm gonna say why I mean by that. A lot of times what's coming out of people's mouth is not transphobia, it's ignorance. It's that I don't, it's the fact that they they think in their eyes, especially when you do have a lot of people who live stealthily in their eyes is I've never met a trans person. This isn't real. This isn't a real thing. It's hard to humanize someone you've never met. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when we think about as Americans in the U.S., you know, not that I want to make this a political thing, but it's very easy to say we live in the best country in this, or we live in the best world. Nothing ever happens here because we don't have it happening in our front door. So it's hard to think about people somewhere else that think bad things are happening because it's not happening in your backyard. Does that make sense? Right, it's easy yeah. to put the blinders on and say this doesn't happen or that's not real, that's fake news, right. you know? So I think kind of the same thing applies when we're talking about like trans people is that it's, that's, if you want to be technical, you can't tell who's trans because there are people who don't transition and even there are people who do transition who you would air quotes never know that they're trans and there are people that some, you know, you have your 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 people who are, who are not in a good position to transition or maybe like, you know, it's harder for some people to, to, to have like a lot of effects from the hormones. Like there's so many, there's a variety of trans people, right? So in their eyes, it's like, unless somebody told them they were trans in a lot of instances, they don't know. So in their mind, it's like, I've never, this is not a real thing. This is just a weird thing that's going to pass. Like I've never met someone who's a trans person, right? So I don't want to say that it's like necessarily transphobia. I think a bigger part of it is it's hard to humanize a person they've never met. And it's and if they have met someone who's trans and stealth and was afraid maybe to speak up without like outing themselves, that they're just like, I'm. it's not a big deal. And like a lot of times, I will say this, a lot of times I think even the people that are on YouTube that talk about trans experiences really go through YouTube. How difficult is it to find people of color who are trans? How difficult is it to find trans people who are speaking about the emotional aspect of transition, the mental aspect of transition, things that you and I talk about on our channel, things that you talk about in your podcast, right? Like you don't find that. The majority of things you're seeing is either um, you're seeing more white trans men, yeah. right? Or white trans women who are air quotes, very passing, okay? Who are in a position that they don't, I personally think that they don't feel the need to turn back and say, this is what it's like right yeah. and who aren't talking about the emotional who aren't talking about the mental who aren't talking about the struggles who aren't talking about this is my everyday life or this is how i'm feeling like who aren't doing that it's all about this is what i look like and i'm so normal and see how normal trans people are and yes we are normal people but i feel like they don't really go into like all of those things that we should be talking about that humanize us that humanize us and show like we're not crazy we're not mentally ill we're not sick in the head we're not we're not weird we're not like out there molesting people we're not out there being crazy and all this like criminal activity when we are normal people living our lives and just trying to make it day to day like everyone else and because we don't have that and then 
let's take it a step further. You don't have people who will sit there and answer questions to other people. So for example, I did a Q&A like a year ago on my channel when I first started my channel. One of the main questions I got was, did I ever have bottom surgery? That was the first question. Basically is what is in my pants? That's usually the question. Now, I wasn't angered by the question. I wasn't angered by the question. I was at first like, why do you care? <laughs> like that's a very weird thing to ask. But I had to really get out of my own head and be like, it's curiosity. People cannot help themselves because to them, to a lot of people, it's like, that's what it's about. you're, uh, no, a lot of people is you're other, you're other. Right. And because you're other, I, 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 I'm curious as to what is in your pain or what does this look like? When the reality is, and, and also they equate gender and sex. So they say, okay, so if you transition and I can see that you look like a man, do you have this piece? So there's like a lot of layers to it, I think. Yeah. And like, I answered the question. I was like, I kind of answered the question without answering the question. Right. It was like, how would you feel with you being a cis woman? And you didn't, if you didn't know I was trans and I asked you, what does your vagina look like? Because every vagina looks different. Are your lips like this? Does your clit poke out? Does it not? What do your nipples look like? Do you have pepperoni nipples? Do you have like, how big are your areolas? Like if I asked you that, you would feel like that's inappropriate. So it is inappropriate to ask me what is in my pants. Now, do some people get surgery? Yes, there are different kinds of surgery, blah, blah, blah. I started explaining what that looks like. But there are a lot of people out there who if you would have asked them that question, would have been felt triggered and attacked and would not have opened the dialogue to answer it, to like satiate that person's curiosity. Not that they're responsible for it or like obligated to answer that question, but sometimes I feel like we need to be a little bit more open with answering some questions, being you know open to dialogue with people who are not like us because it humanizes us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can be hard sometimes, definitely with already dealing with your internal struggles. Right. Um, but yes, calling in rather than calling out is definitely better because I noticed that people will remember more if you call them in and actually have a conversation right. with you than if you just attack them then mm -hmm. then nothing really comes out of that because i've had people talk to me and say yeah i've had trans people just go off on me about mm -hmm. misgendering them and da 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 what's the big deal but it's just like if you if you were to sit there and explain why it bothers you so much they would be more inclined to be like oh they may be more inclined to understand for one, but also be like, okay, let me let me make an effort to not misgender this person if they tell me this is their pronouns. But rather than instead of you know when you're dealing with another when they meet another trans person, instead of bringing up the story of oh my gosh, I remember this one time this trans person blew up on me about you know the pronouns and da da da. But like if sitting there and explaining and under, having them understand or at least giving them some insight of, on your experience could really help. Like like Micah said, literally humanizing you and, and understanding that this is just another human experience it's not it's not about being an outsider and, and being you know secluded because these these are experiences that everyone experiences it may feel amplified because of the walk that we have but it's not something that's new and it's not something that we're, we're just making up you know i think it also comes down to giving people a chance 
Yes, that too. And I think I think sometimes it's hard, especially you know, I even speaking from my perspective of, you know, I definitely I, I love interacting with people and talking to people and sometimes I I do have trust issues, you know, where I don't want to open up to people because I'm just like, you know, at the end of this conversation you might misgender me and that may 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 make me want to throw this whole experience away. So yes, I understand that it can be difficult, but if you are in a place to have that conversation, do it because you could be saving the next trans person from having to be for one attacked or or feeling othered but also just you know just creating a normalcy because we are very normal we we exist in life and though people may not visibly see us in the way that they see trans people um or they may not even understand that like a lot it it blew my mind when I found out that a lot of people don't even realize that trans men exist. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people think that trans is just trans women and just a man going from or, or uh, someone who was assigned male at birth uh, transitioning to a woman. And that it blew my mind that that people didn't even know that. So it, it just comes down to having these conversations and creating awareness because we're here and we live this life every day. And people may not know what that looks like, but we can offer a little insight in order to just kind of bridge that gap and reduce the amount of ignorance that there is. Because there's ignorance because these conversations are not being had uh, rather than, you know, especially within our community, we're not having them. You know, and we're not opening our own minds up to the broadness of our experiences. So, you know, here we are having this conversation with you and trying to create more awareness because literally like like Micah said, all you see online is a lot about the physical, but there's so much more behind like the experience of experience that we have. Um, but did you wanna add anything to kind of wrap it up a little bit? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say it quick, like not everything is transphobic. Um, not everything is someone trying to attack you and make you feel like bad or because they hate trans people um, or think that trans people shouldn't exist. Not everything is about that. You know, I think that's something that took me a long time to recognize um, when I was dealing with my family, when I was dealing with strangers, when I was dealing with different people was recognizing that not everyone has the same language as I do. Not everyone understands things to the level that I do. And I don't understand things sometimes to the level that they do, you know, and I, you know, I use a lot of curse words a lot, right? Like most, some people don't curse. And some people see it as disrespectful. I don't see it that way. Doesn't make either one of us right or wrong. We just have a different perspective. So does that mean like I hate that person if I say, yo, what, what, what the fuck is up? You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Like, right, yeah. like it doesn't mean I hate that person because they don't curse. They, it doesn't mean necessarily they hate me because I curse. They may just not like that part about me. So my, my, my point is like we have to take a step back and take a deep breath and really try to understand what somebody's asking and get out of our feelings sometimes because a lot of it is like you were saying it's hard when you're dealing with it in the moment and it feels bad but in a lot of instances i've i mean i've done presentations i've done seminars i've done like you know live q a's you've been on them even like online and i've had plenty of people ask me stuff sometimes they are legitimately trolling sometimes they are legitimately being transphobic but nine times out of ten it's legitimately someone who is asking a question. They just speak differently than I do. And they're trying to understand. And the way the words they use are different than the words that I use. And, and let's be real. Our language is changing all the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that now that's like LGBTQI+. I didn't even know that. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I didn't know that yeah. until like 
a week or two ago. You know what I mean? Like I legit didn't know. And so like all this time I've just been saying like LGBT because that's all I knew. Does that mean now I hate QIA plus or like, no, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the language. So it's kind of the same thing in that aspect. If someone's asking you a question or someone's like saying something, not everything is transphobic. They're not, not everything is an attack. Sometimes they don't know the same things that you know, or they don't have the language or they don't know if you're going to be, that you're going to be offended because a lot of times, like, let's be real. Our nature as human beings is selfish. That is in our nature to be selfish. So we're not thinking about how a lot of times we're not thinking about how, what I'm going to say or ask is going to affect another person. It's just, I want to ask this question and I want you to answer it. And I don't, I'm not thinking about how that person is going to feel about the words I use. It's not transphobic. Not everything is transphobic. That's that's my main point. Not everything is transphobic. Yeah, yeah. Give people a chance. And yeah, and a lot of people are not, you know, you have to consider if they're not in your space and they're not living in these spaces, they're not going to know the language. Um, and that's your place to educate them because, you know, especially as trans people, we, we've, we're, in the, we're within the community. We hear this language more often than a cisgender person or someone who doesn't surround themselves with trans people. You know, they, they're not going to hear that language as much. We hear it and we have the education. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're not in a place to you know speak on that and and give someone that information give people resources because we we are we are professionals at our life but other people are are newbies to this like they don't understand so introduce introduce it in a way that makes sense um you know because you a lot of the times we had to watch videos we had to do research we had to read articles just to figure out what being trans was like this is something that we probably felt for a long time but didn't know how to describe it so just kind of see it as the same way is is this something you need to introduce to someone especially if they're approaching you in a negative way don't see it as them doing it on purpose you know ignorance is ignorance if they don't know they don't know you can't really fault them for not understanding your perspective because for one they've never met you but also you know this is new to them so just you know allow some grace and allow grace for yourself because i would say explaining to these people is emotional um it's like emotional uh roller coaster like not nah, like a almost like currency like i can't think of it action i can't think of the word yeah in a way yeah it's like almost an emotional trans transaction it's like almost taxing on you emotionally yes, taxing. yeah yes. yeah like it's emotionally taxing so yes don't don't stress yourself out trying to over explain this because some people are not going to get it you know but just just be the light you know be be that be the light you don't have to expect people to understand but at least you know offer your perspective so that they can get a more humanized perspective on trans people um but yeah big facts yeah so um i mean that's that's all I have to offer today. Um, <laughs> uh, Micah, you, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, I sure. appreciate your input because you have a lot more experience um, just throughout your transition for one, but you know, you're also older than me too. So just having that walk of life um, and just, yeah, offering a lot of wisdom was nice because I'm, you know, even though I have been uh, out for like a year and a half and, you know, I've been transitioning for less than a year, it's still, it's still minuscule compared to like what you've experienced. So it's nice you're able to like kind of put it into a different perspective in a more like, you know, experienced walk. I mean, the reality is like, 
uh, I, you, you still have a lot of a lot to offer people, you know, even being at your age and being in, in your your point in 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 life, you know, that it's not so much about age. Um, yeah, I've had some pretty fucked experiences, but that's that's what brought me to where I am today. And that's why I say, like, not everything is transphobic. Not everything is is, you know, a bad thing. Not every. And again, no one has to take that advice. You don't have to educate anyone, but don't be mad. Closed mouths don't get fed. So don't be mad if you don't speak up for yourself or speak up for others and you hear things that you don't like. And the reality is no one has to gender you the way you want to. No one has to call you what you want to be called. No one has to respect you. They should, you know, like they should respect you. That is that is a, a very, you know, simple thing to ask of someone is to respect me as a person, right? But if someone doesn't respect you, don't deal with that person, you know? Again, if you don't speak up for yourself, or speak up for others and try to educate someone, you cannot be mad. Because the reality is if you don't say something to that person, they'll just go on YouTube and they'll find the person who talks shit about people like us. Right. And they'll believe that that's true because you were probably an asshole when they asked you a question. Right. They, they are way less inclined right. to even be on your side because of you just not being able to be open with them. Right. We need as many people on our side as possible because the reality is like when you get enough people like that who don't have the information who have never been who have never had an experience with someone who's trans and had like a, a very positive experience and the, enough of those motherfuckers get together. That's when laws get changed. That's when laws happen. That's when rights get taken away when they come together and say, well, that's not a real thing. That's not real. You don't deserve that. And you have enough people and or like this who cares? It's just a small population of people. They're not even out here in the US. Isn't that something that happens in Thailand? You know what I mean? Like they that's when laws get changed. That's when people's lives get impacted when you don't speak up or when you don't try to humanize yourself when you don't try to have a conversation with someone and plus that'll just fuck up your whole energy if you think that every single person is out to get you and every single person is transphobic and everyone wants to be mean you know that's gonna fuck up your whole mentality like sometimes you just gotta be like you know what i tried my whole thing is this as i've gotten older and been through different like experiences in my life i'm not here to change your mind i don't i literally don't fucking care what you think like i don't care as long as you don't try to infringe upon my rights, because your rights end where my rights begin, okay? So as long as you're not trying to infringe upon my rights and I'm not trying to infringe upon your rights, we're good. I literally don't care what you think. I literally don't care. As long as you're not trying to murder me or harm me or harass me, basically do anything that's illegal or violates my rights, we're good. I don't give a fuck what you think. It's not about forcing people to understand. It's not about trying to change somebody's mind. It's not trying to get somebody to believe that you're that you're valid and you exist because you believing or understanding does not invalidate me or validate me. I know me. You know, and it took me many years to get to that point in life where I'm like, fuck you. I don't care. I tried. I tried to open your mind to something different. I tried to show you that people like me exist. I try to be compassionate and I will still be compassionate in the way that I say, I love you, but fuck you, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's why I say like, you know, be the light. You know, you don't have to expect anybody to take that in. Right, but you, you just exist people to at change all. or grow. Yeah. You cannot like, do that. At all. The only thing you could do is offer that experience of just be the light. And if they don't want to take that in, then that's, that's on them. Facts. But you know, Definitely not forcing yourself onto people as far as 
your perspective because everybody's not going to get it and everybody like everybody is obsessed with their own opinion so they are definitely going to feel how they want to feel but yeah just do what you can and don't force it because that's just going to stress you out way more but yeah thank you all for listening uh be sure to check out micah if you want to let them know where you where to find you at uh find me on youtube uh at realistically free and on Instagram at Realistically Free. That's all oh, in Twitch, Realistically Free Micah. Yeah. All right. Follow Micah on all those. Be sure to support. Um, because a lot of, you know, if you're listening and you don't, you know, you don't know anything about a trans person or you've never met a trans person and you just want to learn more, be sure, like, follow Micah's page. He offers a lot of perspectives that a lot of these channels are not offering. Uh, things that, you know, you may actually want to know about on a mental aspect or a social aspect and different things that that isn't in the mainstream media that really really it, it really messes up a perspective of just how we actually are and, and how human we actually are so yeah be sure to support us check us out on all our platforms it'll be in the description of the podcast and the podcast details as well i appreciate you all for watching and i will see you guys in the next one peace peace